Well, again, welcome back to episode 47 of Customers Who Click. Today, we're going to be talking about a shopper's favorite topic, promotions. Anyone who's followed along for the last year or so knows that I'm, I'm open to your discount and promotion when used correctly and sparingly, but generally my approach is around giving value to customers. But today I've got Robin Coles, Managing Director at XC Commerce with me to talk about how you can be using promotions and discounts strategically to drive engagement and loyalty from customers without cheapening your brand. Let's get him on now to explain. Hi, Robin. Thanks for joining me on the podcast. Um, can you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and why you're doing what you do at the moment? Oh, hello there. Yes, it's a, it's a pleasure to do this with you. Um, my name's Robin Coles. Actually, I've been working in retail for around 35 years. I remember a conversation in 1985 with the managing director of the company I work for. He said we were going to write a retail system, and it, and it didn't sound too difficult. But anyway, here I am 35 years later. Perhaps we could say he's wrong. Um, Essentially, I've been delivering uh, technology to retailers for around 30 years. In that time, I started as a a programmer, actually, and obviously went on to uh, management roles um, over time. And and the the thing about retail is it's a constantly evolving and and, and challenging industry. Essentially, it uh, represents our society as a whole, you know, the culture and, and the way we do things. And it's kind of always driven by by you know customer based trends, and in that in that in the act of retailing, it allows you to be creative, you know, because you've got to have an inherent understanding of technologies. You've got to try and understand where customers are going and and how retailers can respond, you know, to those direction of travel, if you like, um, and you know drive revenue and and opportunity for retailers. So that's kind of summed up my my career, if you like. And today I'm I'm working on managing director of XC Commerce in the UK, who approached me about eighteen months ago and said, you know, would you like to to drive our expansion outside our North American territory um, into the UK and, and into Europe? So I discussed with them what they had, which is essentially a promotion management and execution system, which is I think something that is very lacking uh, across you know, the different retailers I've worked with. It's a bit of a niche product that enables you to um, very quickly and accurately set up your own promotions and execute them across all of the different channels in a consistent manner. Uh, and I'm kind of delighted to be working with them and sort of driving the the expansion into the European market and, and doing things like uh, as we're doing today. Yeah, it sounds really interesting. Um, I've, I've, I'm in marketing, so I've dealt with doing promotions a lot. And uh, there's only been one company I've worked at that we've kind of had this dedicated tool for promotions um but i think the problem was, was always that it was still determined by us there wasn't any you know there were a few rules in place uh you know a few customer tiers and things but generally it was just what promotion do you want to run to this this customer base um so yeah i mean let's let's kind of dig into promotions a little bit then so uh what do brands need to be doing with them what you know how do they need to be getting smart about them and doing them better? Well, I think this is another example of something that has been accelerated uh, by COVID in that um, most purchase journeys are now multi-channel. You know, they start on one channel and, and sometimes end on another. It's not always the case, but obviously a, a higher proportion do that than they did today. Um, and retailers need to make sure that they're, you know, that the promotions they offer you know, actually consistently applied across each of these different channels, you know, so that I, I find something on on e-commerce, you know, on the website and, you know, end up perhaps going into a store to buy it um, or buying it on my, on, you know, through my mobile phone, you know, with, with, a, with a consumer app or whatever, you know, 
retailers have got to make sure that it's the same offer is being made to me in, in a consistent and real-time manner, um, you know, because I have the ability, because I'm sitting at home typically buying something, to go and browse somewhere else and and do that. I mean, you know, we, we recently done a report, actually, and that says that, that um, uh, you know, respondents are much more uh, – um, aligned to promotions these days you know they, they want the, the best price they want the best offer and they're much more likely to be loyal to the retailer or you know the e-commerce site that's giving that to them uh, you know if things are consistently applied and you know seem to be fair and, and, and equitable sort of thing that that's I think you know the, the focus that retailers should be taking. Yeah, just on that uh, consistency point the, the one that immediately springs to mind is uh, is mobile phone contracts and you know it, it's definitely the most common place I've seen it where you will have online only deals and in-store only deals and sometimes they are promoted on each other so the in-store will have something that says you can only get this online which just seems crazy you're you're forcing you're forcing the customer to it will go to another channel start the process from scratch you know it's obviously easier online because they could do it on their phone right next to the store but you're still kind of saying you know we don't care about why you came to the store you know you you might find the in-store process uh, easier for you you might you know you might prefer talking to a person we don't care you have to go to the website to take to get this deal mm. it, just, it just seems seems mad really uh, i agree with you on that actually i mean i think there is a role for uh channel specific pricing providing that it is market as channel specific you know come into our store and we will give you 10 percent off uh, you know or, or whatever but the, the thought of uh finding an offer on one channel and then going into another channel and they're saying this is online only well that's that's you know that's a recipe for disaster it's likely to lead to a customer switching their loyalty and buying from somebody else in my view it's certainly not the way to do it i mean yeah yeah like you say you yeah promoting uh in-store promotions it is still great you know I've, um i spoke to um i was speaking to someone on the podcast about experiences uh you know uh, experiential virtual experiences now given given covid but he was saying you know something they, they really look at doing is giving someone an online experience which then says right you, if you go in store you can then uh, redeem this voucher or you need to go in store and do this to kind of unlock the next step. And that works really well. Um, but when you're, I think when you're simply saying to someone, no, you can't have this right now, uh, you have to go to a different channel, that, that just seems a bit weird. I agree with you. And I've talked to retailers who struggle to actually have the consistency across different channels, you know, it's, and it's largely because of their, their systems backgrounds. You know, they bought a point of sale system. Uh, they've had for many years and it's got code that deals with promotions latterly they went on to e-commerce you know and they obviously chose one of the main vendors and they have you know a promotion code that does certain things um and now they have you know a consumer app that was maybe developed by a third party and a self-scanning um app which was developed by somebody else and all of these have different code that deals with different promotions and they they struggle to work out a cost-effective way of managing it you know to get all the the same consistency and further to that when a new promotion you know comes out because this is what their competitors are doing what customers are asking how are they going to do that across promotions in a time scale that makes any sense uh, across channels i should say in a time scale that's going to make any sense and that's 
you know, that's where retailers are stuck because of the legacy of their applications. Actually, today, with, you know, new technology and microservices and, you know, basically having services which deal with different parts of the application landscape, pricing, promotion, ordering, stock, um, you know, separated from their, their core applications. That's that's actually the way to solve that. And clearly we do that in the, in the in the promotion management and execution space. So, you know, the good news for retailers is there is a way out of this problem, um, you know, but they have to sort of embark on a, a digital transformation to, to achieve it. Yeah, and speaking of that digital transformation, I suppose is there are there any misconceptions around that? You know, is it maybe perceived as as just super difficult or something? That's uh, you know, it's just such a massive requirement and massive change. It's it's difficult to justify. That is certainly a conversation I have with with retailers, and I I have to tell them that their fears are. Uh, not correct um you know it is not impossible to do that you know in today's technology you can change in a relatively short uh, period of time um you know to a microservices architecture and we have had clients who have come to us with specific promotion problems that needed to be solved across multiple channels and had them up and running um you know in in a matter of weeks i mean i think there are two sides to this there's that whole you know can it be done from a technical sense, which I'm saying it can, and also within the organisation, uh, we need the business people to, to think that it's their responsibility. You know, implementing a new promotion is not a technical thing that the IT department needs to do. It's something that business staff, you know, in the marketing department or, you know, um, whichever department does this, you know, in the merchandising department, in some retailers can take responsibility for, you know, once they've got the, the system approach I was outlining earlier, you know, and they can then start to be creative um, and not fearful of, you know, can I do this in time and is it going to work? And, you know, will it be cross-channel and what will my customers think about it? You know, these things with today's technology and solutions like ourselves, uh, like, like we offer, can, you know, can be done. Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah, like you said, it's it's really important that the the people who kind of own those promotions need to be the ones who can actually set them up as well. Um, you know, the, the company I mentioned earlier where where we did have that, that kind of in-house tool to build out promotions. It was actually quite, you know, owned by the uh, the data team, really. So as a marketing team, you still had to go and request it. And and if something was slight, you know, just slightly different, uh, sometimes they'd have to build, you know, build the logic uh, to actually create this promotion. So that, it, that doesn't really make sense. And really, you want the marketing team to have that flexibility so that at any opportunity, if, if an idea comes to someone's head, about uh, you know a slightly creative way to run a promotion, you know it, it's good to be able to just go and do that and test it out, you know because you can test it on a small, a really small audience. But then if you have to request that another team gets involved to build that function out, that you know you can't then say, I need you to spend some time building this, and we're going to send it to five thousand customers to test it, because you know, it's it's just not going to get prioritized. And I suppose on the on the topic of, I guess ownership in a sense um i've had some conversations about the the pros and cons sorry pros and cons of you know auto applying discounts or you know even these extensions that um that will just run through promotions for you and as a customer um part of the part of i guess the debate is do you have a promo code box on a website and allow customers to to fill in the promo code um, and obviously then potentially go away and find one? Or do you just automatically apply any relevant code 
that that customer should have. So if they've clicked, if, if you've sent them an email with an offer, uh, they just get it by logging in and checking out. And similarly in, in store, for example, if, if someone scans their loyalty card, the till system just goes, oh yeah, and I, I can also see you've got that promotion, so we'll just give it to you. Or, you know, should the customer be, you know, almost responsible for that? You know, should they see that email or take that voucher in store and, and proactively redeem it? Well, to me, actually, uh, it should be automatic. You know, if you're making an offer to a customer, it shouldn't be um, their responsibility to remind you that they're you're making the offer to me. And, but clearly, actually, this whole debate is is more about again a sy- systemic approach to this. But it's it's about um, understanding customers and you know being able to group them and target certain things to customers now it may be that often the systems that are behind you know the sites in in the stores or whatever aren't capable of recognizing that it's me rubbing coals and that voucher was sent to me so the only way of doing it is for rubbing coals to present his paper voucher or key in his promo code on, on the website okay so it's it's a debate about you know how good the systems in the background are certainly if the system you know, can detect that it's rubbing coals and he is in this customer group and this voucher was given to him, you know, it should take it automatically. I mean, I can use an example of one of our customers uh, in Canada, Metro, who have about 600 uh, grocery and convenience stores across Canada. They use us um, actually online for customers to be able to go and clip the different uh, different offers that are made to the customer group that Robin Coles is in, I clip the ones that are relevant to me to my account. Okay. And what that means is when I go to make a purchase, um, you know, and the basket is presented, the system automatically knows these are the vouchers that Robin Coles needed or wanted because he clipped them to his account. Okay. These are the goods that are in the basket. These goods qualify, you know, for this voucher. Therefore, I'm going to take five pounds off or give them a free tin of beans or, or whatever the voucher um, comes to. And to me, as a shopper, you know, that's that's a convenient thing. I'm loyal to the customer because they're giving me rewards that make sense to me. They're targeted to me. They're automatically taking them off, you know, when I go and shop. And that builds loyalty uh, that I won't get if I go to somebody else, particularly if they're asking me to put promo codes in or, you know, manually present vouchers, um, either by keying them in or in store, you know, on bits of paper or whatever. That's not the way it should be. Yeah, I suppose actually, yeah, just thinking about it, that, that could tie in really well with loyalty programs as well. Um, you know, if you you earn the loyalty points, you unlock rewards with that. But instead of just giving someone a blanket 10% off on the website, you could say you can redeem your points. This offer, here's five different offers of various values. You can select the offers you want up to the value of your points. So you could have a £10 discount off menswear clothing and a £5 discount off shoes, for example. Absolutely. And I think what you're alluding to here is, if you like, returning to the days where retailing and the the art of promotions is, is a creative way of doing things okay we saw you know over the last 30 years a lot of centralized activities um come to sort of drive the volumes that retailers need on on their initially in their different stores and, and today 
across e-commerce and therefore and i think some of the things that were lost is the creativity you know that you would get you know in a more personalized environment now technology can deliver that back to you and enable you to be creative because what you're really doing with the promotion is not really um just setting the price lower you're giving the customer a reward you know for their business that actually encourages them to return to you to you know to to get that reward and in by doing so build up further rewards to come back and obviously your promotional landscape needs to be one that encourages that and needs to change you know in, in a in a rapid enough way that people come back and look online or you know go past the store and glance in or whatever because they expect things to come and they expect it to be targeted and personal and you know actually to be something that's rewarding and fulfilling for them rather than just a price reduction because i think that retailers who use promotions are simply price reductions well i mean okay you can do that if you're primark well you can't today because all of their stores are shut but you know when the stores were open you can probably do that if you're tesco's but if you're not those those retailers and you're in those you know those sectors you're always competing on price against them ways you should be competing on creativity and rewards and targeting the right you know the right things to the right people yeah, definitely. You need targets on based on value and uh, and personalization and you know giving customers what they want. Um, when I spoke with Loyalty Lion, they they showed me an example of one of their clients. I can't remember what it's what it's called now, but it's to do with uh, I think it's it might be dog and cat food, um, bits of pet, you know, an online pet uh, company. But their loyalty scheme allows you to don't to either. Uh, claim a reward, which is a discount off your next purchase, or you can donate your points. Um, and it's a donate a meal to a dog's dog shelter, I think, or meals. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's really cool as well, because you're, you're tying it into the values of your company and keeping people engaged. And it's that prom- it's still a promotion. It's still rewarding that customer, but it's just not giving them, it doesn't have to necessarily give them money off. And absolutely, you know, if the, if the system has lifestyle attributes and it is known that I have bought dog food or even that I have a dog, then clearly that offer should be made to me, not to me when, you know, when they don't know if I'm interested in pets or indeed have a pet. So, again, it comes back to the same thing, you know, targeting the right messages to the right people because, you know, those they'll feel rewarded and, and love for those messages. You know, some people want discounts. Some people want to feel good about themselves and say, you know, I've donated this to the local local dog charity or, or whatever it is that, you know, that the offer offer pertains to. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, so I suppose apart from targeting, which I think we've covered a little bit, are there any kind of common mistakes you see when brands kind of get into this, to discounting and promotions? Well, I think I've sort of talked a little bit about them as we've gone, really, in that um, lots of brands see promotions as just prices, you know, which is what I was talking about earlier. And that is not the right way because, you know, that's not creative. It's just simply a race to the bottom, which you probably can't win, you know, because in the end you're going to be competing against the Primarchs or the Tescos of the world. Um, you know, you've got to give the people in the departments the ability to be able to to be creative about promotions you know and to do them in a different way you know I think actually looking at what's happened uh, with the pandemic it's clear from the statistics I've seen in the marketplace that that 
price and discount is more important these days than offers that are made for the future. In other, in other words, something that doesn't give you a tangible reward today, whether the reward is, um, you know, money off, um, you know, or, uh, you know, free shipping or, or whatever. Um, you know, so retailers need to look what's happening in the marketplace, you know, and actually follow customer trends and make sure that, you know, that they're giving customers what they want. And that is not just attempting to, you know, to, to compete on price. Yeah, I think I, I saw some similar research uh, quite recently, actually. Uh, I think I was writing an article about it. Um, yeah, pr- price is, is, all, is always going to be up there as a top consideration for customers, but they're becoming more and more uh, concerned about you know, company values and and the experience they get with the business, um, placing a lot of importance on that. But then when it does come to price and promotions, people want more and more, like you said, targeted promotions, relevant promotions. Um, no one's going to turn down a 20% off code for the website, but people are going to, you're going to build that relationship with people if you give them 20% off that line of stuff that they, either they normally buy or is very closely related to the stuff they buy so that when they receive it, they go, Oh yeah, that is relevant to me. Uh, I might actually check this out. Um, It's just much more, you know, with, with very little effort really, well, at least on behalf of the marketer, um, you can create a much more engaging promotion um, that that is still just giving a discount, but it's just, it's targeted and makes that person think that, you know, you've, You've actually thought about them as as the reason for creating this promotion. Well, indeed, and when it comes down to it, you know, from a numeric perspective, a twenty percent blanket promotion, you know, gives away a certain amount of discount, a, cert- a certain amount of margin, or whatever. Um, but you know, it's that discount or margin you ought to have given to all the people who took it, because as you rightly said, if someone offers you twenty percent, you're going to take it. Um, you know, and essentially what you've done is you've you've given away the, the the budget of discount markdown, whatever you call it, different in different retailers, you know, for no particular reason. Whereas you might have been better focusing on you know customers who are known to buy these kinds of items, and these kinds of items are currently overstocked and low stock turn. So if we're going to take our you know uh, our budgeted discount giveaway or whatever. We may as well do it on those items to these groups of customers rather than a blanket, which actually, other than shifting some stock in this particular instance, may not have achieved anything for the longer term. So it's it's a kind of balance and battle between the short term need to drive volume and margin and the longer term need to perpetuate customer loyalty and repeat visits. You know, and this is the promotion world really is something that sits in that world trying to balance those two things you know it used to be simple it used to be you got to the markdown stage and that's what you did today it's much more creative because customers have so much more choice and they can do things in so many different ways you know and therefore you have to take a slightly different view okay so you, you've talked uh, we've talked a bit about a bit more about you know in-store and online uh, and the difference there in that that kind of multi-channel approach but what about um, how how these vouchers are actually distributed or promotions are distributed um, to, to get in touch with people. You know, are you, are you seeing any particular communication channels being more affected or effective 
even or um or more useful well i think this is again something that, that has been heightened by covid okay because obviously you know traditionally um coupons vouchers or whatever were paper-based and you know started off in store and as we went to e-commerce clearly you know they became much more online um but obviously as the the, the majority of um purchasing decisions if you like i put it that way are now starting online um we get the majority of customers are, are accessing their you know their their di coupons digitally if you like um either by email or you know by going to, to the different websites that have offered them and we've seen that that's an increase um that has happened over time but interestingly enough actually in some statistics that we produced we're still seeing uh, despite non-essential retailer being shut in our survey we did 36 percent of customers were still accessing promotions in store okay as opposed to you know initially accessing them online so Retailers have to understand that, you know, whilst COVID has changed things, there obviously are different things happening at different demographics. You know, 18 to 24-year-olds are, you know, much more likely, for example, to um, access um, offers and coupons um, via SMS or whatever, you know. Um, and older shoppers will respond differently to that, you know, uh, that they, would, they might, um, you know, respond more to coupons arriving through the post or, you know, um, emails um, which can direct them to things. So, again, you know, this is just another example of how retailers need to not market to the to the group as a whole, but have to segment, you know, according to, um, you know, what people buy, how old they are, their lifestyle, you know, shopping um, activities, and then manage the, the coupon, in this case, flow to them correspondingly because, you know, they'll get a higher bang for their buck for 18 to 24 year olds in this way, then they perhaps would, you know, for people who are retired and living at home. A lot, that's, I mean, this is all up in the air really, because it is all changing, you know, and being driven by, you know, what, what we're seeing in, in COVID and, you know, depending on how long it goes on for and what happens with the vaccines and this sort of thing. Yeah, definitely. I think, um, yeah, you're right on the distribution. I think a, a lot of companies, I mean, e email is just the default. Uh, almost pretty much every company just sends out the promotions by by email. Um, bigger ones might do it via via mail as well, so direct mail. Um, I don't, I, I, don't mm -hmm. I haven't received anything from Tesco for quite a while actually, um, but I used to. Um, but now actually they they do the discounts in store, which I'm actually a fan of. Um, you know this it's this this new approach of if if you've got a club card, there are club card prices. For certain uh, for certain products, um, which I think is really good, but um, but yeah, you're right. You know, some people respond better to an SMS or a push notification. Direct mail does have its place. You know, it works really well, and direct mail also does work online, um, which I think mm. isn't isn't used so much. Maybe um, I, I think you tend to get a lot of coupons for use in store, um, and then you'll also get. Uh, I, I receive a lot of kind of catalogs. Um, from certain on online retailers, but but that's it really. Um, whereas I think there could be more a more personalised uh, and targeted approach uh, using direct mail, but targeting online. Do you see any big trends coming in the way businesses use promotions and how customers perceive them? I, I suppose generally, you know, what's how how are things going to develop over the next kind of eighteen months uh, or, or, or longer? <laughs> you know, it doesn't have to be eighteen months. 
Well, I think you have to look at, you know, what COVID is doing to people's financial situations, okay, and how that's going to change over time. It's clearly we're now in a position where there's much more economic uncertainty, uh, you know, than there was, you know, pr- prior to the pandemic. And, and obviously within economics, um, within those times, you know, people will react differently um, to, you know, to pricing and promotions than they would otherwise. So I think, again, it's just heightening the, you know, retailers need or, the ability to have a much more intelligent approach to this, you know, because different demographics, you know, different age profiles or whatever, will have different elements of economic uncertainty. They will respond in differing ways to the promotions, you know, clearly, you know, blunt statement, if one is sitting at home retired, one has less economic uncertainty from, um, you know, from the pandemic than if one's at the start of one's journey and, you know, has a, an expensive mortgage and is, is currently furloughed or whatever. But and therefore that group, you know, is likely to respond to direct offers that, you know, reduce the price here and now as opposed to things that will be rewarding, you know, for our next visit or for the future, you know, free shipping included. Um, whereas the, you know, the the older group are probably still more in the lifestyle stage and not not so price sensitive you know, but want to be treated as, you know, as as a customer that, you know, you understand my buying habits and are making offers to me on things that I normally buy. OK, promotion will have to be in there, but it probably doesn't have to be as deep uh, or as complicated, you know, as it would be otherwise. So I think, you know, that's that's the main thing. We are seeing those kinds of trends. First phase of the pandemic, people's spending seemed to be some something that continued um, you know, throughout without without changing. But I think we're seeing some slightly different things happening now because it's sort of going on longer than, than we would have thought. Yeah, it's uh, interesting what you said just earlier about um, people people want the promotions now. Um, they don't want a future award, which I think particularly true with first purchases. You know, if it's, if it's the first time on your website, being offered, being told you're going to get loyalty points for creating an account and, and making a purchase is is pretty meaningless. Uh, unless unless you've got that small group of people who have actually been engaging with the brand for a long time and actually really like the brands but just haven't purchased and are finally doing so. But generally, those those first purchases, yeah, they would rather have a 15 20% discount now, uh, experience the product, experience the brand, and then maybe join a loyalty program once they're kind of convinced Yes, um, and that backs up our that actually that backs up our survey actually. In our, you know the survey that we did, actually seventy eight percent of respondents were saying the price or money off is the most likely thing to make them buy. Um, and you know more than half of the shoppers also said, well, actually free shipping would also make them buy because that reduces the price that needs needs to be paid. You know, and and actually you're only down into the twenty percent. You know when you're talking about. I don't know, you know, free subscriptions to to Disney or whatever uh, for the future, because that, you know, that's a nice thing to have, but it doesn't represent money off at the time when people are financially uncertain. So, you know, those basic things have come to the top. Just just to clarify that, uh, when you say access to free services, so is that if you uh, like sign up for this mobile contract, we'll give you three months access to Disney Plus? Those sorts of things. I mean, Yes. I mean, our survey actually found that 20 percent of shoppers, you know, in the survey said access to free services, for example, Disney would convince them to purchase. And therefore, 80 percent 
would not be interested in that, you know, as opposed to 78%, um, you know, saying that the, the end price was the most important thing. So I think, therefore, you know, in mobile phone companies, in your example, need to rethink what they're doing. It's, you know, I want money off, um, you know, I want direct things that, that mean things to me rather than an oceanal Disney, which I may or may not use uh, and actually doesn't represent any value in my bank account. But it's also um, it is also another blanket promotion, really, because you're not, you know, those sort of promotions aren't targeted generally or from what I've seen. So if I've already got Disney Plus, I don't care that promote that promotion then does nothing for me. And even sometimes when there are multiple options, you know, if it says you get you can have access to, I don't know, Netflix, Spotify or Disney Plus, you know, yeah. you still might look at those options and go, well, I've got I've got the ones that I want. I, I, don't, I don't really need that. That's that's not a, that's not going to convince me to buy. It's just a nice to have afterwards that, that I might check out. It's interesting that, yeah, 78 percent of people want you know money off a product. That makes sense. Um, I kind of would have thought that more people would want things like free shipping because I think in a lot of cases, people can understand paying the price that they're asked to pay for a product because that's kind of the value of the product. If the website's doing a good job, it will convince you that the product is worth that price. But I think a lot of people find it hard to justify paying for shipping because that just seems like a an added cost. That you're not really getting anything for, particularly particularly if it's standard shipping. But even kind of next day, um, I think it, that's why people are willing to spend a little bit more and buy something that's worth an extra 15, 20 pounds to avoid a four or five pound uh, next day delivery fee. Because they don't like that. It's, it's almost like wasting money paying for shipping, which doesn't really do anything for them except get it to them quicker. Um, but it, yeah, I, I would have thought that would be higher, actually. Yes, well, it may be that our question didn't focus exclusively on free shipping. They may have focused on added value things. Um, and had they been a, a question directly about free shipping, it might have been higher. But I agree with you. I mean, essentially, uh, the shipping is two things, really. Firstly, it's really a product price. You know, if, if I'm going to buy these things for 20 and the shipping costs five, well, I'm looking at the item that's costing me 25. The fact that it's only 20 for the product is, you know, neither one thing or the other and i think the other thing you were alluding to is at what point in the purchasing cycle does it become obvious that i have to pay another five pounds okay so it's psychologically bad when added at the end you know with no mention of it having been made up until that point um you know so therefore you know that's a kind of double whammy isn't it you know psychologically bad when it's done and also in directly increasing the price. I mean, when it comes down to it, if you pay £7.99 a month for Amazon Prime, everything's free shipping, you know, and everybody buys all sorts of things and, you know, 20 things turn up by Amazon in a month, it's cost you hardly anything. Yeah. Um, you know, so retailers need to respond to that. I mean, again, this is probably something that the pandemic has driven because, you know, people are more price sensitive and shopping online more. And, you know, these things are more obvious and therefore, you know, rising in people's, you know, mental approach. Yeah. And also, I think the fact that it's it's almost, you know, it's best practice now, really, to offer free shipping over a certain amount. So if everywhere does it, if you don't do it, you stand out. And, I, you know, large numbers of consumers, I, I can't remember the percentage now, but yeah, very large numbers of consumers will abandon a shopping cart if there's an unexpected cost when you get, in, when you get to checkout. 
So even you know you can say on the website, you know, next day delivery is four ninety nine, um, and you can say you know next day delivery is free if you spend over fifty pounds. But if you don't mention either of those, and someone gets to checkout, and suddenly you try to charge them four ninety nine for shipping, that causes them to drop. Indeed, I mean that's essentially a promotion, a creative promotion where the retailer has had to work out what is the average basket value, and it tends to be forty three pound twenty or whatever. And therefore, if I give away, um, you know, such and such for more than fifty pounds, I'm increasing my average basket value by seven pounds. And because I've got this many customers, that comes out to this much, this amount. And therefore, it actually makes me money, even if I do give shipping away. And that's just that's a, a calculation that you know can clearly be done relatively easily. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, you could even do kind of multiple items, or you know, what one promotion that I don't see much at all is. Um, is actually, you know, when you purchase multiple items, you know, there's no, I think it's very, very common in trade and, and B2B. You know, if I, if I need to order, um, uh, not exactly uniforms, but let's say I want to buy a load of T-shirts with my brand on it, the more T-shirts I buy, the cheaper it gets for me. But that doesn't really happen B2C. I think well, I think it can, and I think you're right. Uh, we have customers in in North America, uh, you know, in the, who have trade counters, and you know the the complexities of the pricing there are driven by volume. You know, this customer in this department, you know, gets this much off electrical, and therefore, you know, if they buy this, they then get this much, and that's very common. Um, I mean, I think we are seeing that in certain sectors. So, so, for example, in the DIY sector, you know, there are a lot of vendor funded promotions, which, you know, might be that if you buy any, any three tins of five litre paint from this vendor, you know, you get one of them free. And the, the difficulty that retailers have in this area is trying to trying to balance the vendor funded promotions against their own promotions, you know, given the basket that's been presented and actually give the customer the best deal because some of them may conflict. You know, they may have if you buy um, a, a tin of paint, um, you know, and a brush, you get a, a roller set free. Well, that's all fine. But what happens if you've got three tins of paint in there and the vendor promotion comes in? You know, so this again, it comes back to, you know, this being creative about your promotions. So there's all sorts of things that entice people to go in. But at the time that you check out, you know, whether it be online or, you know, in the store or, or whatever, um, the system is capable of determining, well, what is the best promotion I can give in a sub-second response time that, you know, gives the customer the best deal and balances the fact I've got a vendor-funded promotion, so I could give that, it won't cost me anything. You know, and again, this is the delicate balance of retailing, of trying to make sure the customer gets the best deal, yet it's, you know, the most preferable thing for the retailer. So I think in the DIY side, to answer your question, there's a lot of that goes on. I think also in pharmacy, you get that. And these are all kind of vendor, you know, there's lots of different sort of branded merchandise in there. Um, I think it's, you know, less so, for example, in fashion. Fashion is an area that unlike America, we don't tend to do these things in the UK. It tends to be a price and markdown strategy and not a complex promotion strategy, yeah. whereas our North American cousins, actually, they're very active across all the sectors. You know, buy any five from this, the ladies' underwear department and you'll get this free. You know, buy any five from this department, something else will happen. Spend more than £50 pounds, um, whilst doing that and we'll give you this. And I think this is why, I, I, I guess, from an ex-e-commerce perspective, we came from America because complexity like that tends to drift over the Atlantic to us, um, you know, with 
companies who you know who buy and start up here and everybody then has to follow it because it's seen as creative for clients so so i suppose you know we're, we're over here at an opportune moment for that yeah yeah it'd be really interesting to see how it develops i mean yeah i mean uh, i completely forgot obviously about supermarkets they do loads and loads of you know buy two for two pound fifty instead of paying three pounds if you bought you know two separately or buy three for the price of two so yeah it's quite common in supermarkets i think as well but um generally out there yeah and in fashion yeah I, I don't think you see it a lot um and i know holland and barrett they they have their penny sale um a lot I, uh, to the point where i'm not actually sure it's a sale i think it's actually a promotion that they run maybe all the time um you know buy any full priced item and get this one for a penny i don't know if you're you're aware of that one I have seen that one. It's essentially buy buy two get one free, isn't it? That they're you know they're yeah. using clever marketing because it sounds oh that one's only a penny. And you know, <laughs> wait a minute, that's buy two and get one free, and I've spent a penny more. But you know, it's got a different appeal to me than you know the other one kind of thing. So yes, I mean Holland and Barrett obviously you know they they um, they will have customers statistics and this sort of thing um, as well in the background. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, I guess just moving on to some of your like a, a, opinions on things a bit a bit separately. Um, do you have any pet peeves when it comes to marketing, um, may, maybe as a customer or or as or in business? Well, as a customer, I mean, it, it frustrates me when I have offers that I can't make sense of. I mean, you know, without calling out too many names, BT used to be dreadful at this. You know, you'd have all these different offers of broadband and this and that and the other. And you, you kind of couldn't figure out why they were making the offer. It was it could have been described perhaps as confusion marketing, keeping you in a constant state of confusion. You didn't really know what the price was or was supposed to be. Um, and therefore, you didn't necessarily end up selecting the right thing. And that's a frustrating thing for me. Marketing should be there, you know, to, to create clarity and, you know, and drive value uh, and, and simplicity for the customer, uh, not just be something that creates confusion you know in a customer's mind because that isn't going to drive any any loyalty or brand value you know that's i suppose one of my things and i guess you know from from the systemic point of view you know getting people to understand that actually retailing is a creative thing promotions are creative you know and, and these are what customers want and there are systems that are around, like including ours, that, you know, that can help you drive this across all the channels. It's easy to do, you know, call me and we can have a discussion about it and I can tell you what we've done and how we can help. Um, you know, and obviously, you know, as a managing director, I guess I'd, I'd want people to do that with me. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned BT. I, I think it's not not just them. I think it's that those kind of markets don't, in my opinion, don't tend to focus too much on customer loyalty or their version of customer loyalty is by by having a mobile account or a broadband account, you get access to this dashboard, which gives you some rewards. And, I, and none of those rewards are targeted. Um, you see it in a lot, a lot of loyalty schemes, actually. You'll, you'll log into your kind of member area to see what discounts are available. And it's just a list of generic promotions at various different retailers. There's always a, a discount on taste card. Um, that's that's all, always one of the options. Just finally, then, uh, is there any particular area of marketing you feel is quite underrated? Well, I mean, I think that generally British retailers don't see marketing as being something that is fantastically operational. I mean, it ought to be. You know, 
the marketing team are the people who have access to, you know, customer t- statistics and CRM systems and, you know, lifestyle attributes. And from there, the creativity should come. You know, mainstream retailers have seen marketing for many years as being something that, you know, is about brand value, you know, and, and you know, uh, responding when, when the latest reports come out, uh, you know, window dressing and all this sort of thing. Uh, doing the pretty things on a website, which is hugely important, absolutely. But it also should be the area that, you know, the creativity comes out of. And I think retailers are missing a trick if they're not empowering their their marketing teams, you know, and, you know, to do that and giving them systems that, that can enable them to sort of drive competitive factors that other people who, you know, don't do that won't be able to. Yeah, yeah. I do think marketing gets almost viewed as just an acquisition team. You know, in a lot of companies, it seems to be that the, the marketing team is either the team that's responsible for advertising and driving traffic to a website or, or in store, or the CRM team and their responsibility is to send out emails, send out SMS, send out direct mails. And other bits are kind of the responsibility of the rest of the business. So promotions and, and things when really, you know, marketing needs to be driving almost everything that's that's consumer facing. Um least in my opinion even it might be a bit controversial but i think customer service should really sit kind of inside marketing because uh, they're the ones actually speaking to the customers on a day-to-day basis they they're effectively doing one-to-one marketing every day i agree with you and in fact uh, i had a colleague uh, many years ago who told me that in his view um one of the key metrics for the valuation of a company particularly in, in an acquisition cycle uh would in the future be the depth wealth and use of their customer data okay so not just their turnover and their profit as it sits at the moment but you know how they're able to use customer data to be more competitive and more creative and do things for the longer term and that would be you know a kpi when when um when buying acquiring a company or uh you know doing a report on a company i i think that's correct but obviously to do that you have to have a marketing department that is empowered to take the decisions and and the business executive that supports that and drives it through. Yeah, if you were looking at acquiring a, co- a company, um, and and you realise that you know that they're, they're doing pretty well, uh, but you know fairly profitable, whatever de- decent sized business, but they're not really making any use of that customer data. It means you've got a real opportunity there. You know, they, you know, you might be able to two or three times the size of the business uh, over a couple of years just by you know digging into that data and personalizing whereas you know you might find a company that's in a similar position in terms of size and maybe revenue profit but they are maxing out their capabilities there indicating you know that they're going to struggle to grow um yeah. so yeah that's, that's quite interesting I think there's a number of ways of looking. It depends obviously on the company you know clearly uh companies for acquisition can be be appearing to make a profit because they've been so focused on cost and there's nowhere else to go with that meanwhile the market's becoming more competitive and the prices they charge are not sustainable and therefore you've got to drive you know loyalty and repeat visits and increase turnover from the customers you've got you know that's kind of you know one angle you could take but i also agree with you um you know that if a company is doing very well you know and they have sustainable pricing yet they're doing very little with their customers uh, that is a definite opportunity if they've got the customer data to to significantly grow the company you know something that an, an investor would certainly you know be very interested in 
Yeah. Well, this has been a bit really great stuff, really fascinating stuff. Um, be really interesting to see where promotions go over the next couple of years and see whether you know, more and more retailers do become uh, smarter with their approach. Uh, if people want to find out more or get in touch, what's the best way of doing that? Well, they can go to our website, which is uh, www.xccommerce. So the X double C and then, you know, xcommerce.com. Uh, actually, we've just done a, a survey, which I've referred to as we've gone. And if you want to download that and have a look at that, please feel free that you go to www.xccommerce.com and then forward slash download dash promotion. Um, and obviously, if you wanted to get in touch with me, I'm robin.coles at xccommerce.com. Be delighted to, to to have further debates um, or, you know, give you information, if, further information if you want. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Robin. No problem. It's been a pleasure. If promotions are a key part of your business model or you're looking to get more value from them, I think this podcast has been an excellent place to start. It's no longer good enough to just send out a blanket 15 or 20 percent off code to your email list in the hopes that some customers will come back. You need to be targeted and personalized with your approach. Think about who your customers are, what they've bought previously, what they've looked at or wishlisted, but also what channels they prefer. Do they want an in-store promotion? Would they prefer to receive their promotions via SMS or even direct mail? With the technology available these days, there isn't really a good excuse for not doing this to at least a basic level. If you'd like to learn more about running promotions, reach out to Robin on LinkedIn. I'd love to hear from you as well. So if you want to discuss today's topic, marketing general or your favourite pizza toppings, just tweet me at Will Lawrenson. Next up, I've got Derry Jones, and we're going to be talking about the importance of managing your tech stack properly and the dangers of that shiny new SaaS tool. But until then, keep those customers clicking.